Ron Ananian. You would think that a company such as Toyota that prides itself on engineering, because I think Toyota built a decent car, I do, but you just look at this repair and you say to yourself, what were they thinking? The Car Doctor. They're selling OE parts or claiming to sell OE parts, and they sell them at a considerable discount. And I sit there and I say, how can that be? All right, listen, dollars are dollars, right? It still has to add up. If if they're selling a $50 part for 5 bucks, how can they do that? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Here to talk about and solve your automotive problem, whatever you've got going on under the hood, fender to fender and door to door. Down around the bottom of the hour, we're going to be joined by John, um, is it Hannigan? I think it's Hannigan, yes. John Hannigan from Ford. He is going to be talking about motorcraft parts and some of the things we've been talking to and relating to you uh, in recent weeks and uh, some of the things that we want to bring to bring to mind about when you're looking for parts, what to look for, and how to tell good parts from bad parts and that kind of thing. But right now, let's kick the garage doors open and do what the car doctor likes to do best. Go over and talk to George in New York with some questions about buying a new car. George, how can I help, sir? Hey, hey, Ron, how are you? I'm good, 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 good. I was... I, I, I was looking at buying a new uh, small pickup, and I'm, I'm test driving the um, uh, the Frontier, the Nissan Frontier, and the Toyota Tacoma. And I wanted to get your opinion. I'm looking at the V6 uh, crew cab with the uh, manual transmission. Um, which one do you think has would give me the longest service life? And what are some of the mechanical issues that I can encounter on either one? I got to um, I got to add a thir- I got to add a third truck to the pot, George. Okay. All right. I got to add a Chevy Colorado. Okay. I just, I just do. I think you know they're in that, they're in that same size and category. You know, I, I, I think the Colorado's got some good things going on about it. Um, you know, and I just, I'm not saying you will, but just, just look at it as a third party. Um, I have looked at the Ford Ranger, and I want to add that as a fourth. But I'm not thrilled with the powertrain options Ford has for the Ranger right now. Uh, I'm waiting for them to okay. get away from the four-cylinder and the diesel. I'd like to see a V6 in that truck, and they haven't done that yet. So if we want to make it between right. the Frontier and the Tacoma, you know, I think Toyota builds a great product. I really do. I think they've got their issues. Uh, you know, the, the the amazing part is, and what I always look at when I think of Toyota in the last 10 years, look at the unintended acceleration issues they had, right, with the floor mats. And remember all that? And they had all the recalls. Right, and, I remember that. And they survived that. Right. They, they survived that very well because they have a very smart marketing and PR department that, you know, they, they started giving away, if you notice, they started giving away free oil changes with every vehicle purchase to get people to come back to the dealerships. That was my observation. You know, it, 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 right. it was like right after the fact when you were starting to get free service and maintenance uh, if you buy a Toyota, whatever, and it's there for two years and it's, it's Toyota Care, whatever they call it, it just it built a certain amount mm-hmm. of um, a momentum for them. The Nissan Frontier. Um, I'm not going to lie. I think Nissan makes a good hundred thousand mile vehicle. I think after that hundred thousand mile mark, I question its longevity, and that's just based on personal experience. And I also think it has right. a lot to do with. I think you can. 
Uh, how can I say this? I think you can abuse the Toyota a little bit more. I don't know that the Nissan takes the abuse. The Nissan will take the abuse the first 100,000 miles, but if you want to go 200,000, you really got to put the time in on a, on a Nissan, I think, from what I've seen. Uh, I, I think they're both good vehicles. I think it's more a case of what's going to fit you and your budget and what fits you better in terms of, you know, how, right. do you, how do you fit in the truck and the options. And I, I think it's so close that it'll really come down to if one truck's available in a color you want and the other one isn't, you take the one with the color you want. And, you know, it's they're, they're both good vehicles. Um, just as important, though, and I always, I always add this, you know, regardless of what you buy, who's going to work on it? And that, that has to come into right. the equation, too. Um, uh, it definitely does. You know, no lie, it's easier to get service information and scan tool capability on Toyota than it is on Nissan. And it has been that way okay. for a while. Um, you can okay. you can go through J2534 and do flashing and so forth on Nissan, but Toyota does make it more user-friendly for an independent repair shop to gain access to information. And, you know, that's... That's important, you know. That's good to know. Yeah, not everybody is dealer friendly, dealer oriented, and I always say, and nothing against dealers. I think, you know, I think dealers. There's plenty out there for everybody, and some people like dealers, some people like independents, and so on. Um, but just, you know, can you get information? N- Nissan makes it. Um, you know, Nissan is sort of like a poor man's Honda. They think they've got the best thing on the planet, and they act like it. Um, and they're they're not exactly user friendly in a lot of cases. So. Um, just, just yeah. I've, I've, I've heard negative things about the Nissan, and I, I had a Nissan back in 2001. I had an Xterra, and like you said, about 100,000 miles. At 125, I had transmission issues. Right, bingo, and and and, and so, that's and that's the issue. Um, you know, and I, that was my hesitation about going yeah. for the Nissan over the Toyota. You know, I have a very dear friend in the business who's a shop foreman at a local Nissan dealer, and we talk all the time. And you know, I help him with their used car car problems, and he, we talk about Nissans and stuff back and forth. And you know, he he concurs what we talk about. I hear stories about the engineers from Nissan coming out. Uh, what was it? They had um, what's the Nissan van, the big van that they have, the commercial. Oh know, yeah, I know which one you're yeah, talking I, about. I can't yeah. think of what model it is. And for the longest time, they kept breaking the right rear axle. And, you know, I, I kept hearing the story about it, and I said, what do you think is causing it? And I, I got the answer. And But when the Nissan engineers came out, they kept saying that the customers were overloading the vehicles, and it had nothing to do with the alloy of the steel of the axle until about a year later when they realized, hey, here's the bulletin. We had a problem. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's I don't I don't get that. You know, it's it's you yeah. only get, you only get one chance to annoy a customer and make them an old customer and not a, not a, not a continuing customer, and that's what the exactly. car companies yeah, have right. to realize. So, all right, sir. So, so as far as the Colorado, is the Colorado a pretty durable vehicle? Uh, the Colorado is a durable vehicle. I'm actually, if, if I can convince the wife, you know, that's kind of where it's at. And I just I I I keep thinking if the Ranger ever dies, that's the next vehicle in the fleet. Um, okay. You know, I I'll, I'll definitely take a look at that. Take a look, see what it looks like for you. I'd get the V6 with the automatic, obviously. Um, I don't know if I do uh-huh. a stick. I don't know if they make a stick in the Colorado now. Maybe. So you got to look at that too. But yeah, I think. Okay. And, and again, what are you going to do with it? Is it a? Is it a? Um, is it a work vehicle? Is it a pleasure vehicle? Is it a? You know. Um, but I think a daily driver for me. Yeah, I think you know what I think the top three, four vehicles are Ford, Toyota, Honda, and uh, GM. I, I really do. I think okay. I think it's it's close. And 
Uh, my only hesitation with Honda is Honda just, I, I've never met a Honda deal that didn't have an attitude that thinks they're the best person on the planet. And I just, I don't get that. Uh, you know what? I'm not the best repair shop out there. I know where to look. I know how to read. And I'm smart enough to figure things out. But I don't have all the answers all the time either. And that's the God's honest truth. So, you know, everybody, right. everybody takes their swings in life. And you just got to get up and make their cuts at the bat. And Honda just thinks it just falls out of the sky. So um, just my perception. All right, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you're, you very much for the info. You're very welcome, George. Good luck to you. Um, let's go over and talk to David in Iowa and uh, see what's going on here. David, welcome back, sir. How are you today? Oh, thank you, uh, Ron, taking call. You know, uh, I'm not perfect either, and uh, I, I'm reminded every day by my wife. But anyway... That's why uh, we, David, 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 that's why we have wives. I think, you know, that's... I know. <laughs> that's, you know, it's... it's you know, it's like I'm not always right, and I get to hear about it most of the time. So, fortunately, she doesn't listen well, to this you, radio show. She doesn't. Yeah. Know, she really doesn't know where I am. Saturdays two to four. She hasn't figured it out yet, but that's okay. The so. thing you do is just walk outside and say, "Oh well." Yeah. You know. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, I had a question about uh, parts. You know, there a friend of mine came up to me one day, and, uh, and a stranger did also, and he said, uh, "Boy, you need to pick some." that uh, old truck of yours up. He said, uh, you need parts. He said, you go, go to Amazon. He said, uh, he told me all about the parts that he bought, and they were great and everything. And uh, I just wonder what your take on that is uh, as far as hitting the Internet and, and looking for the price-wise. He said the quality was great, and uh, the price was really uh, reasonable. Of course, Amazon doesn't need to make any money. You know, they got plenty. They could they could uh, just drop everything and still be happy. So, but... Uh, and also, the other thing I wanted to mention is, do you think, on your opinion, uh, which we value very much because we all listen to you, uh, do you think eventually they're going to have cars where we don't even repair them, we just go in and change them out, say, uh, here's your new car, you know, and we never never pay one off, it's just... Uh, you buy it for life, and that's it. And you always have a new car. I'll answer the second question first. I think what we're going to see at some point is subscription-based automobiles. So it'll be like having a magazine subscription. You know, uh, yeah. sort of like a lease, but a little different. You're just going to subscribe to buy a brand XYZ, and every two years you just get a new version of that. And, you know, away it goes. And it's it's still... There's talk within the next 10 to 12 years from some of the articles I've seen that they're going to get away from, you know, the, the idea of servicing a vehicle. It'll be electric. It'll be something that when its life cycle is used up, you'll drive it to a recycler. Or you might even leave it on the side of the road and get picked up by an Uber and be taken home. You'll take the license plates off it or you'll take the identification tag off it. You'll you'll call in and say, hey, it's time to pick up my car. It's done. A, a, a vehicle will come by to pick it up recycle it on the spot, shred it up back into plastic, and separate the metal components, and a new car will be delivered to your door the next day. Uh, do I think it's going to happen tomorrow? No, but that's what they're talking about, subscription-based cars, where you're going to pay us an annual or a monthly amount and get a new car all the time. We won't be fixing things. Um, you but know, it'll, it'll, be working, I guess, it'll, so. be, it'll be very much a thing of the past. As far as Amazon, David, you know what? Let me pull over and take this pause. When we come back, we'll talk about Amazon because I've got some thoughts on that, too, and uh, I want to address it properly. 855-560-9900. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We're cruising back right after this. Little GTO, you really look at Three deuces and a four-speed. 
Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. Hey, back to David in Iowa. David, you're still there, sir? Yes, sir. I'm still here. You know, with regards to parts off of Amazon or the Internet in general, the problem is when there's a problem, who do you go back to? And, you know, it's not like walking into a brick-and-mortar auto parts store and saying, here, this alternator failed. I need another one. And that's huge. Now, the other side of the coin is where are the parts coming from? If they're cheap made in China, which a lot of the stuff is, you going back to China to get a replacement, David? Uh, you know, anytime soon? And that doesn't really work, right? There's, there's, there's an issue there. As a repair shop, I get requests, and they're increasing of late. People want me to install parts they purchased on Amazon. I can't do it. From a liability perspective, in New Jersey, the law is written. There's a consumer law that states in New Jersey that any parts installed by a repair shop, the repair shop is liable for the consequences and the outcome. Even if the consumer tells me it's okay, you can sign a waiver. No, it doesn't work like that. If, if David brings me parts and he lives in New Jersey and I put brakes on the car and the, the brakes fail and David gets killed in an accident, David's widow has the right to sue me for faulty workmanship and defects on parts I didn't purchase. The problem is my liability insurance may or may not cover it as well as the manufacturer of the parts liability insurance because that manufacturer is in China. Now, where do you think the court's going to go? Are they going to go after China, or are they going to go after Ron, who's local in New Jersey? Ah, there's a big difference, and there's a problem. So yeah. I, I, I think the temptation of, and everybody's going to do it, nobody's going to change. I think the temptation of cheap parts has to bite somebody in the back quarters uh, enough times such that it's gonna, they're going to realize, hey, here's the problem, here's why I don't want to do it. And, um, you know, maybe consider maintaining a relationship with a parts house for whatever 10 or 15 years we have left where we're going to actually need auto parts like that. So, as always, David, I enjoy the call and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Let's go over to Steve in New Hampshire, 15 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Hey, Steve, how can I help? Hey, Ron, how's it going? South Good, sir. Here? What's going on? Not too much. Uh, relatively new. Uh, two owners, second owner, uh, Jeep. Uh, she told me the brake lights were out on the driver's side. Went to the store, got two bulbs, replaced them as a pair. Um, the uh, brake light driver's side is now working intermittently, and I do get a uh, message on the driver's information center. Wanted some, wanted to pick your brain about that. Okay. Um, ever since you put those bulbs in it. Ever, ever, I'm sorry? ever since you changed those bulbs. Uh, it was with the old bulbs, uh, driver's side. Uh, so we just figured, okay, driver's, driver's side is out. Let's go get a, a pair and replace them as a pair, and we, we still have the same symptom. Okay, so the symptom hasn't changed, but do the lights work now? They work intermittently, yes. All right, when they work... So sometimes... Go ahead. Yep. Go ahead. When they... When they uh, some, yep. When they, when they work... Do they, you know, they light up? Do you still get a message that there's a bulb out on the on the DIC on the on the on the instrument no. cluster? Okay. No. So you know the problem here is where's the fault? Obviously, I'm going to tell you to look at the socket. Socket looked good. Socket looked clean. Yes. Okay. Find the ground. There's going to be a ground off that tail lamp somewhere that's going to feed that side. And yep. you know, make sure the ground is good, clean, and tight. We're we're into that now. It's a four-year-old, five-year-old vehicle up in New Hampshire. 
and you guys get yes. a little bit of that stuff we call snow. And uh, I'm sure yep. th- I'm sure there's some corrosion underneath the vehicle. And okay, do I need to access that ground uh, from underneath the vehicle, or should I be able to reach in uh, with the tail light out? Um, pull the tail light out and see if you see it. I don't think you will. I think it's underneath the vehicle. I don't. I don't remember you the. Ex- it, I don't. I don't remember the exact location. The other thing to be aware of, if, if you want to, you know, make sure it's not your bulbs. Take the bulbs out of the right yep. side of the vehicle. Swap bulbs side to side yes. and see if it stays with the socket. Yep. If it stays with the socket, you know, it's it's the feed or it's a power of ground on that side. There's resistance in that yep. circuit or there's a fault in that circuit just to eliminate it. I like switching things side to side or cylinder to cylinder. You know, I, here's my known good, here's my known bad or potential bad. How do I how do I diagnose yeah. it and, and, and work the problem from there? All right, sir? Sure. Okay. Thank you so much, Ron. Godspeed. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, that's, you know, it's it's small and simple approaches. In, the, in, in, in terms of fixing cars. Real quick, can I sneak this in here? Ron, a friend of mine has a Mini Cooper, I'm sorry, and is having the intake ports cleaned in the car with walnut media blasting technique. I've not heard you mention this procedure. This comes to us from Tim. Um, yeah, Tim, walnut blasting has been around forever. It's not done that common anymore. A lot of the manufacturers simply have worked their ways around it, and there's a lot of methods other than doing walnut blasting because it's tedious and time-consuming and gets to be expensive for a shop to do. You have to take the intake manifold off and set up adapters. BMW does it. Mini Cooper does it. Some manufacturers seem to really like it, and they just continue with it. For me, you know what? You'll get it done once. Put the car on a diet of a good fuel system cleaner. None better than Berryman. Get some Berryman fuel system cleaner additive with Hess technology, and it'll just keep that car on a steady diet and reduce the carbon deposits because you got to realize it's going to clean the intake valves. The walnuts aren't able to get into the cylinders as well as they could to blast out the tops of the pistons and clean carbon on the top of the pistons. And also, if the engine is forming carbon in such a heavy deposit, you've got to realize, too, that the carbon is now contaminating the engine oil and causing that to break down. And then in time, contaminated, breaking down, broken down engine oil will lead to sticky rings on the pistons, and that creates a series of issues. So clean it once with the walnuts, get it good squared back together, Try using Berryman, Berryman Systems, and uh, you can find more at BerrymanProducts.com. Try doing a uh, Berryman fuel system cleaning additive on a regular basis, and I'm sure you'll see a difference in the way that vehicle performs and also the fact that it doesn't repeat itself as far as the problem. Hey, sort of in tune with, with what David was saying, right, about the quality of parts and where we're getting parts from and so on and, and a concern. We're going to be joined in our next segment by John Hannigan. He is the CEO from Ford Motor Company for the uh, Quick Lane Tire and Auto Centers, we're going to be talking about motorcraft and motorcraft parts and all that Ford offers. So uh, stick around for that. I'm Ron Anian, the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Hey, hey, hey we're back. Ron Anian, the Car Doctor. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago? I was telling you the story about the 2000 Ford van, the E150, with the water pump install and the religious experience that it was about, you know, you're working on it and you're going, oh, God, and, you know, how did they design this? Do you remember the part where I said I installed a motorcraft water pump simply because, one, I don't want to do it twice, and two, I want to install confidence? And a a lot of listeners have responded to that with emails and, and conversations saying, Ron, really? 
And, you know, I thought about it, and I said, you know, let me prove the point. And I reached out. Today we're going to be joined by John Hannigan. He's the Director of Global Aftermarket Business, CEO of Quick Lane Tire and Auto Centers for Motorcraft. And John's going to talk to us a little bit about what Motorcraft parts are and, and why guys like me, shop owners like me, as well as you, use Motorcraft because we're, we're looking for the best that's out there. John, welcome to the car, Doctor, sir. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you for allowing me to be with you, Ron. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today and appreciate your loyalty to uh, Ford and Motorcraft. Thank you. Uh, you guys make it easy. <laughs> you really do. Thank, uh, thank you, Ron. You know, it's, it's we try hard. Okay? No, we try I, very hard. I know that. I, I really do mean that, John. Um, you know, Motorcraft parts. So, you know, they're made to an exact standard for Ford and Lincoln vehicles. So as a shop owner, all right, let's talk about it from that perspective, from a shop owner's perspective. What does that mean to me? Ron, what that means is we use the OE level spec, um, or OEP level spec, if you will, so that the original form, fit, and function is there for all Motocraft products. And there's 21,000 SKUs, a little more than that, we've got available right now, Ron. And what's important is your success is our success. In other words, you put that part in, we don't want you to have comebacks. And that's how your success is being built. That's how you build the reputation of a great independent repair shop. So. We want to be there right alongside you, but we want to make sure you have the best fitting part to go into that motorcraft, and, excuse me, go into that Ford or Lincoln uh, vehicle. So when, we, we strive for that level of quality. When a shop owner picks that motorcraft part over, you know, one of the other brands in the aftermarket, um, they're, they're getting more than just the part. They're getting more than an OE fit. They're getting more than, you know, the way that that was spec'd out. Let's talk about the Motocraft warranty, because that, that's for the consumer, right? That gives them peace of mind. That's correct. That's correct. We've got a uh, – we, the other part is that we with our warranty programs around, which is really important to us, is that we've got your back. If you're going to take the time and, and you've got that um, desire to put in a Motocraft park, we're going to be there for you if, for some reason, it fails. And it's, it's not only the mileage two years – uh, the available the availability of our parts are through our 3,000 uh, Ford dealerships across the United States. But we've also got Motocraft available and altogether about 21,000 rooftops through our retailers such as O'Reilly's, Advance, Worldpack, and AutoZone and our 300 Ford aftermarket distributors. So if you need to find a part, Ron, we're there for you. Um, there are no commercial exceptions. All fleets are included in that warranty. And then uh, it's they are eligible up to labor reimbursement up to $150 for the light maintenance and repair areas. If you put in powertrain, one of our engines or transmissions, then it's looked at on a job basis. But um, we're there for you. We want to back the parts for you. It's important to have good parts the right time, the first time, right, John? Yes, sir. You know, it you, absolutely is. You, you, you look at how cars have to come apart today and you know, to assemble them again. Uh, it's just nice knowing that what you're putting in is is is, is going to last. So I think what you guys are doing, your approach here, because uh, you could have made this, you know, you could have not used the OE spec and and cheapened it up. I'm going to use that word, and you choose not to, and I think that's the right approach. I really do. Um, Thank you, Ford Motor Company. You, Ford, you're welcome. Ford Motor Company now does auto parts too for non-Ford Lincoln vehicles. Let's just touch on that, can we? Sure, Ron. We introduced the Omnicraft product line in 2017, and it's. Uh, we, we feel if you know Motocraft, you're going to know Omnicraft as time goes on. And it's our all-makes play, if you will, at a high-level aftermarket spec, because obviously we don't make the cars for the other guys. We make Ford Lincoln products. So we use a higher-level aftermarket spec as our quality level for our 
uh, all makes offering with Omnicraft not just an aftermarket spec. So it's a it's a touch above, if you will, again, that quality statement that we feel so strongly when a product's backed by Ford. We want to keep that kind of going forward. There's about 3,200 SKUs and growing um, from water pumps to AC parts, um, all for Buicks, Toyotas, and, and onward. Um, just as Motocraft, we, I mentioned we stand behind the Omnicraft quality with a two-year warranty, the same type of labor reimbursement program over those two years for fleets and installers, and no commercial exceptions. And then uh, the warranty length runs by product line, so it could be, if you can, uh, two years, three years, or a lifetime, depending on the manufacturer we used in the aftermarket in OE side for these products. But again, we're there and we've got your back um, as your supplier in Omnicraft as well as the Ford Motocraft brand. Parts availability, you know, and I've said parts are to me it's a it's a it's almost a national security issue because if we don't have parts, the cars don't roll, the country comes to a halt. Um, the availability is so critical today. Uh, you know, where can the listeners find Motocraft Ford Omnicraft parts? Because it's it's more than just traditional Ford dealers, correct? There's other sources That's for correct. it. That's correct, Ron. Now, first of all. All three brands are available on FordParts.com 24-7. That's a e-commerce website for B2C and, and B2B as well. Now, in the case of um, if you want it, 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 at a local place, um, Ford, the Ford Blue Box, which is OE, the Motocraft, which is OEP, and the Omnicraft is available in all, to all 3,000, through all 3,000 Ford dealerships. And as I mentioned, we also offer the Motocraft. Now, Motocraft and Omnicraft, not the Blue Box product, if you will, through our 300 Ford authorized distributors, or as I mentioned, retailers such as O'Reilly's, Advance, AutoZone, and World Bank. That's over 20,000 rooftops out there for a consumer to shop face to face if they'd like. So they've got they've got a lot more choices than they used to have, thanks to the internet and and your efforts there at Motorcraft. What you guys are doing. Um, Thank you. Without yes. a doubt. Yeah. Um, Availability is the key, Ron, as you mentioned. Yeah. Now you know it's no secret. I've been on the PSN uh, Council for a while, the Professional Service Network, and I want you to talk mm-hmm. about that a little bit because I made that jump uh, quite a few years ago, and it's 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 just an outstanding program. I want you to talk a little bit about you know Ford's created this loyalty program for independent repair shops, and for everybody that says, "Hey, I can't get access to information and parts," and you know, tell tell right. tell tell them what this program does, John. So the Ford Professional Service Network is there as again a complement, if you will, to the independent repair shop. Now, globally, there's around 75,000 members across the globe. Here in the United States, there's 25,000 members, and we introduced the elite level about a year a year ago. And there's about 5,000 of the 25,000 members that are that are elite members. Now, some of the big benefits for all members is around technician training, which we know is so critical. The training, especially run around our diesel products, which we launched uh, through Motocraft about a year and a half ago, I believe. 18 months ago is, is super. It's fantastic. In addition to that, you get the resource library, personalized reporting through the interactive dashboard that's on for FordPSN.com. There's promotional merchandise, product rebates, and growth incentives. Now, for our elite members, they get the loyalty incentives. They've got computer hardware, if they like, and software discounts, and actually get vehicle purchase discounts from Ford and Lincoln Mercury dealerships. In some other products and offers as well that are unique to the elite members. Yeah, it's and it's always growing. It's always evolving. That's it uh, is. Uh, you know, and, and to me, you know, besides th- th- one of the key things I like about the program for me, from my perspective as a shop owner, is the fact that I can get access to technical information and repair information that I can't get anywhere else. And that's 
Because you know what? We can't put parts on it. We can't diagnose them if we can't get information. Mm-hmm. And that's what you guys are working so hard to give us. That's correct. And it's not, it doesn't cost the uh, yourself or other repair shops to be a member. It's all taken, the cost of the program, and the program is uh, covered by the distributor, not by yeah. the shop owner. Yeah. Hey, John, listen, I want to thank you for taking the time today. It's great, solid information, like all part of the, the effort you guys at Motocraft are displaying towards the aftermarket and uh, allowing us to do what we have to do and helping us to do what we have to do. Uh, where can the listeners go for more information? They can go to either www.fordparts.com for uh, Ford Motocraft and Omnicraft part information, and then for the professional service network the best place to go to is www.fordpsn.com for the professional service network information Ron. right and then obviously motorcraft.com and omnicraftautoparts.com too we'll throw those out there if they yeah. like those as well yeah, like those that's correct well. okay cool beans hey john listen i thanks for taking the time once again you're in the area you stick your head in the door we'll go grab lunch together i would love to do that sometime i'll stop by okay, okay ron thanks for your loyalty to ford and the psn network we really appreciate it's, it sir. it's my pleasure you guys make it easy i'm ron and in the car doctor we are back right after this welcome back ron and in the car doctor as we roll along the, the rest of this hour um yeah boy i tell you what i don't know where the time really goes um, I've come to the conclusion we're in a time warp sometimes we get to this part of it. It's like, Mikey, we've been here almost two hours. Can you believe it? Mikey, I got a question for you. Before I was going to do a piece of email, but this is more relevant. I made a startling discovery this week. I was talking to a young person, and they're telling me how much they love cars and yada, yada, yada. And I asked them a question, and they didn't. They said no. Have you? How old are you? 27. Okay. So you're a recent high school graduate. Yeah. Right, you know, within 10 years, right? Have you ever seen American Graffiti? No. Now, why is that? Have you ever seen Tulane Blacktop? No, sir. Have you ever watched Cannonball Run? No. You see... Am I fired? No, but that's why you're here. God put you here because I'm going to educate you. See, I don't understand why you... Nobody seems to know. It's like I'm talking about a completely different culture. All right, this this whole thing with cars, you know, they're never gonna. You got to watch Cannonball Run. Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, uh, Jack Elam. I mean, Jack Elam steals the movie. He's hysterical, and it's a typical it's typical car guy stuff movie. You know, it's but uh, you know, it's it's just a different world. That and it's a mad, 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 mad world. You ever see it's a mad, mad, mad world, Mike? Mikey, that you've seen. Now, why would you see that and not the other t- other three? They're car movies. I don't know, ask my parents or my brother, whoever was watching it at the time, and I just sat with them to watch it. And by the way, that version of Mad Mad World that you watched is the short version. There's, I read a, a story, when I, think, I think Mad 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 World, I don't know how we got on this subject, um, is like two hours and ten minutes or something. I forget the exact runtime, But there's a three and a half hour director's cut version or something like this of a Mad 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 World. And all it was meant was to highlight every all the I I mean the three stooges are in that movie so that's but I can't believe that you kids haven't seen them that should be required they make you read Catcher in the Rye and did you read Catcher in the Rye yeah right and what were some of the on Walden's Pond right you no didn't, you didn't, okay but they don't make you watch American Graffiti you would think with all the movies they show in high school that should be like a prerequisite that's a study in culture that's the way it was in 62 I watched Remember the Titans like 800 times in school yeah but that's not real world okay and that's 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 uh, just I don't know. Ron love your show I even called in once well gee whiz thanks I listen to you every week on podcast keep it the good work I'm only kidding Dave in Michigan 
Um, I like Dave. I have a friend with a 2014 Ford Explorer that is only blowing ice cold air out of the passenger side dash. Regardless of what has changed, driver's side works correctly. I, suspe- I suspect the blend door issue. I was able to repair a similar issue in a 2007 or so Chevy Trailblazer. I was able to get in the diagnostic reset mode by exercising all the controls until the issue stopped. I've searched for this on the 2014 Explorer and found nothing. Is there a way a consumer can do this? You know, hold this button, hold that button, pat your head, rub your tummy. Thanks, Dave. The answer in a simple word, no. Big difference between a 2007 and a 2014. That seven years is is the age of electronics is advanced to such a degree that you really need a scan tool to get into that system. I know of no other way doing dashboard manipulation to get those vehicles into any kind of reset mode. I can tell you this, it's probably a bad actuator. Actuators fail on Explorers um, about as often as Tuesday comes around on the calendar. So it's just it's just a common everyday occurrence that, yeah, you can diagnose it. You'll probably come up with an actuator fault code. Um, the advantage of using a scan tool will be beyond the code, you're going to get the fault. You can do a sweep test, meaning that you can command the actuator to move from its open to closed or, you know, uh, cold to hot air position and thereby test the actuator and that's the purpose of that one thing to note the actuator is pretty simple to get to i believe it's accessed by removing the glove box you can find repair procedures and any good information source keep in mind make sure you have the actuator bolted to the hvac the heating ventilation air conditioning case before you plug it in because if you plug it in with the key on you stand the chance of damaging the actuator by making it extend past its sweep so you want to you know, make sure it's plugged in or hooked up, bolted down before you plug it in and turn anything on. So, but that's the story, David. I'm Ron Annie in the car doctor. I'll be back right after this. Welcome back. Ron Annie in the car doctor, 855-560-5. What is the phone number here? 855. It's only been a couple of days, folks. I'm sorry. 855-560-9900. You can tell we're getting to the end of the hour. I'm getting punchy. Um, little recap. Boy, what a quick two hours this was, right? Let's see. What did we fix today? We talked about carbon deposits on um, Mini Coopers and uh, the need for Berryman after you do the walnut blasting. We like that. We talked to John Hannigan from Motocraft, motocraftparts.com. Keep in mind, get out to omnicraftautoparts.com for all your non-Ford Lincoln uh, vehicle needs for parts. Um, always a good source. Uh, Ford PSN. If you're a repair shop and you want to get out to a professional service network, you can get out to FordPSN.com, see about the benefits. I belong to PSN, and I'm very happy with it. It provides a lot of great benefits for the shop, a lot of good information, um, a lot of good resources for different things, so you can do that. And don't forget FordParts.com if you're trying to look up parts as far as, um, you know, just just great illustrated pictures. Um, things, you know, that when you call the dealer for parts, you know, they're saying, well, it looks like this, it looks like that. Well, now you can look at the same parts that the dealer has in his catalogs, Ford. Uh, FordParts.com, so uh, just just a, a great resource for that. Um, what do you want to do next week? I think next week we'll uh, we'll give away another copy of Dr. Richard McCann's book, but we'll say we have one copy left. We'll save that for next week and um, and, and and talk about that real quick. I want to talk about the what if. Um, the what if was what if you bring a car into the shop and something like this happens? We had a 2012 Chevy Tahoe that came into the shop this week, and we were doing front brakes. And we did front brakes, and we did an oil change, and we went to open the driver's door to back it off the lift, and the handle came off in our hand. 
And what if that happened, right? What would you do? Fortunately, it was a regular customer. Fortunately, she realized we weren't, you know, we don't screw around like that. Um, you know, we had to put a we had to put a handle in the truck, and she paid us to put a handle in the truck. It's seven years old. It's got ninety thousand miles on it. She got it. We showed her the part. The plastic piece broke. It's the luck of the draw. It's the next guy that touches the truck. The danger of auto repair. But I always think about that. The what if scenario. What if your mechanic did that? How would you react? And are you prepared for that? Because sooner or later it will, and it won't be their fault. It'll be the vehicle's age. I'm Ron Anany in the car, Doctor. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.